ride with me in my foul life. What'd y'all think of that last episode, huh? We had a good one. Tony Vandemore right before that had the great Jim Shockey on. Feels good to be a hunter, doesn't it? Feels good to be living in America post-COVID. Hopefully it continues to go down that road. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast brought to you by our friends at Gerber Gear. Stay sharp, America. Carry a Gerber wherever you go. Be safe. Put safety first, please. Make sure you always have a sharp blade, a sharp edge. Stay ahead of the competition. Get that meat off the bone. Build that blind. Cut that rope. Anchor down. It's time to go to work. Thank you, Gerber, for believing us. Today's episode of the Fowley Podcast is also brought to you by our friends and family at the one and only Corning Ford, Corning, California. You want a super-duty Ford truck? About eight months ago, a year ago, I'd say go to Corning Ford, but... You'll find out through our conversation today, it's a little hard to get your hands on a Super Duty, an F-250, an F-350, one of those badass diesel trucks, even an F-150, a half tons. EcoBoost is tough to get your hands on these days. We're going to go over that today. Why is it? When's it going to end? When can we get a new truck? When can I get a new truck? Everybody likes new wheels. We have today on the podcast, Mr. Francis Hopping, a good friend of ours. He pretty much runs the ship down there with the owner, Paul, at Ford, Corning Ford. Francis, how are you? I'm excellent. Really happy to be here with you guys. You promise? Uh, always, always. Always good to see you. Always so, good to see me? Yeah, always good to see you. Always. This means there's some fun in the, fun in the works. Yeah. Heck yeah. What's going on down there? I mean, I heard that there's about to be a heat wave where you live at about 108 to 110 next week. Is this true? Uh, that is true, um, but only for about four or five days in a row next week. So you know, at least won't be for like two weeks straight. But uh, yeah, it's our first big, uh, you know, uh, over triple digit uh, uh, heat wave of the year. So right now it's, it's it's perfect outside. You know, seventy upper seventies, just nice, perfect. But next week, one hundred eight. So historically speaking, is car shopping good when it's that hot or are people staying inside air conditioning or does that get people out and about wanting a new ride hoping that it comes with an ac installed in it mm, i say it varies you know some people some people uh um some people aren't working because it's so hot so you know they get time to shop um when it's that hot and you know out there on the blacktop it's you know 110 15 120 of those cars um the selection process goes a little quicker um you might do a little bit of the homework inside on the showroom and then uh and then um you know go out there and pick that rig out and bring it up for the customer so uh it's it's it varies some we, we've sold lots of cars on hot days and you know in corning it's it's hot most of the summer so it's um you know it's not balmy like nevada yeah, it's. Uh, I'd much <laughs> rather have my weather than than yours. I don't consider us balmy. We don't no, have humidity. <laughs> we have all four seasons up up where we reside in. But this COVID deal, this pandemic, here we are in the middle of 2021, over a year after it started. Um, what is the state of the automotive industry right now in America? You guys are one of the largest dealerships in the Western United States, state of California, for Super Duty trucks. Uh, what are you seeing? What 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 is 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 it bad right now? Well, it's um, well, we've never had anything like it. I can tell you that. 
Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to say it's bad um, when we're selling as many vehicles as we are, um, you know, uh, not just us, but most, most dealerships um, nationwide have had record breaking, a record breaking year um, this last year. And each month seems to be, you know, better than the next and are better than the last. And, and it's, um, it's, it's strange. So production has been cut. Um, I think Ford's off um, uh, about 300,000 units um, uh, for the year uh, due to the uh, microchip shortage. Um, and, you know, couple that with the uh, shutdowns of the plant due to COVID, um, you know, supply has been um, fairly minimal. Um, and then on top of that, uh, you've got record demand. So it's just kind of this perfect storm where, you know, a lot of people got their stimulus money. Uh, a lot of people didn't go on vacation, um, saved their, you know, five grand or whatever they're going to spend on vacation and been cooped up for months and bought a trailer, bought a boat and need a new truck to pull it. And so everybody's been running out buying stuff and, um, so we've just seen just insane demand and extremely short supply. So um, it's, it's, we've never seen anything like it. Uh, to give you an idea, um, Chad, we stock, I mean, you've seen our lot, you know, we stock a thousand to 1100 vehicles in stock on a normal basis. So sometimes we'll have 12, 1300 units in the system, you know, incoming uh, and on the lot. Right now, before the podcast, I looked. Um, we've got I got two hundred and fifty vehicles in stock, and three hundred and fifty in the system. That means you know the stuff that's at Ford or uh, shipping. Um, you know, we sold three hundred and something last month. So it's um, it's a weird, weird time. Um, the next few months are going to be really, really strange, uh, not just for us, but for everybody. Um, I mean, I, I've been in the car business 20 plus years, and I've never been in a situation where um, there's not inventory to sell people, you know, where people come in, they want a 250 diesel pickup. And not only is there not one available for them right now, but there's not one coming in anytime soon. Um I've never, never had to say that to somebody, but, um, but it's coming, you know, right now we still have a few trucks here and there. Um, but in the coming months, it's going to be, it's going to be slim pickings. So knowing that it's going to be slim pickings, what kind of fear does that put into the overall success of your business model and the business plan that Paul has down there and what you're implementing on a daily basis? Is it, you're just at Ford's mercy. There's nothing y'all can do, right? Can you, go call a broker and they can go to San Diego or go to North Carolina and find you trucks. Is that a possibility? How do y'all keep the doors open if you don't have anything to sell to people? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, and it's funny you mentioned brokers. Um, I, I get a lot of calls and emails from brokers and uh, people looking for inventory, looking to sell inventory. And the ones lately have been um, uh, people looking for inventory 
But uh, I got one the other day, a broker had picked out six of our, our half ton pickups and wanted to pay us $6,000, um, a $6,000 profit on each pickup uh, if we'd sell off five or six of them at, uh, at a time to them. And, you know, you think about that. I mean, we're not, that, that's over retail. That's over the MSRP on the truck. Um, and so they're going to take that truck and sell it to another dealer uh, who's going to turn around and sell it to the public. So it's just it's shocking that that's the market right now. Um, so we haven't bought any new vehicles and we don't, we're not going to buy any new vehicles from brokers. Um, and we're not selling any new vehicles to brokers. Um, even though we can make more money right now, I can sell every diesel pickup I have on my lot for $5,000 over MSRP, not over invoice, but over MSRP to a broker, um, right now. But if we did that, we wouldn't have anything to sell our customers. And, um, we, you know, Paul and I talked about it and, and I think it's just, it's more important to sell, you know, to our customers that need trucks and want trucks than it is to, you know, cash out and, you know, make, we probably make a little bit more money doing it that way. But, um, then what would we do? Well, then, then you got to uh, hope. Hunting season, hunting season doesn't start for a few months. So. Yeah. And then you got to worry that, you know, if that customer needs an automobile, truck or car, and they've been relying on you guys at Corning Ford for years to provide them with that selection and service, then they come here and you're like, well, we just sold six or eight of them to this broker yesterday. Well, that's going to force your customer potentially to go elsewhere and become a customer, hopefully not, but maybe a loyal sure. customer to another dealership. So you got to keep all that in mind, even though it looks good that, hey, we could get rid of them this quick. A truck's going to show up and pick them all up. We're going to make 30, 40,000 extra on top of it. You might lose six, seven, eight customers for life if you do that. Sure. No. And like I said, our decision was to, you know, sell to our customers and broker can go elsewhere, but you know, it's, and it's not like uh, the dealership next door has got trucks. Uh, you know, we're, you know, we're one of the largest super duty dealers in the nation. Um, you know, when we don't have any trucks, you know, uh, nobody has any trucks. So it's, it's um, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. It's Say that again. You're the biggest, you're one of the largest, what? super duty dealers in the nation. How do you come up with that number? Because there is, I think the last time I looked right around five or 6,000 people that live in Corning. I have more than that in my neighborhood. Hey, hey don't sell us short. We got like eight or 9,000 people. Hey, in Corning, so, eight or 9,000. So, How are you 9, one of the largest dealerships in the country for super duties? Well, I, I, first, I mean, we know it's because we partner with the foul life and we get great exposure <laughs> and, uh, you know, did Rocky, did Rocky put you up to that? <laughs> and of course, you know, our, 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 our friendship and, uh, with Rocky Merlo and Merlo Waterfowl. Absolutely. Uh, but, um, no, I mean, you know, we've been doing business for a long time and, and we specialize in super duty trucks. So, you know, a lot of places don't do that. They, they sell focuses and fusions and, you know, of course they don't make those now. Uh, they sell, you know, uh, Echo Sports and, and Mustangs. And, and, you know, we specialize in 60, 70, $80,000 trucks. And when people spend that kind of money on a vehicle, um, we're like, I, I, I refer to, you know, trucks are like tools, you know, you need a, you need a specific tool for your job. And you, you can't just walk in and pick out the red one, you know, um, you might be able to do that with an Explorer, 
And just, oh, I like the, the color on that and I like the wheels, but trucks are different. You know, you need specific, specific stuff on trucks that, that suit your needs and your wants. And so when you, you know, when you deal with, um, you know, professionals that know trucks, um, they can advise you on, you know, the right axle ratio. You know, is this truck going to tow my camper? You know, you know, how much payload does it, that, that truck, you know, uh, accommodate? You know, I'm going to put a cab over camper on it and I want to tow my boat. What truck can I do that with? You know, those are questions that, you know, uh, a, a decent salesperson should be able to answer. But most dealerships, you know, I would say, you know, a majority of them uh, don't have salespeople that are versed in that kind of product knowledge and they don't understand how to figure that stuff out or don't know. Just, just, you know, they'll say, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, if I'm going to drop 70, 80 grand on a new truck, um, I want to know, um, you know, and that's important. So, so we've been, we've been doing business for a long time and we stock, you know, I mean, you, you know, normally we stock thousand units. Um, you know, when people, when people, um, you know, make the, sh the short drive to Corning, um, you know, we normally have more trucks than they've ever seen to look at. And that's important, you know, not, not going to a spot where they look at two trucks or four trucks and, you know, settle on something. You know, you come here and pick one out that, you know, fits. So, um, I mean, I, I guess that's, um, that's it in a nutshell. Um, I know that you're a very politically correct person, Francis. You could tell by looking at you, right? Like you're just very, very well spoken, well read. But here's <laughs> here's the real question. Do any of the other diesel trucks made no. on on earth? So you already knew the question? <laughs> I, I, I know. No. Ford, let, I mean, let's let's be honest here. Ford sells over uh, a majority of the work trucks on the road are Ford. Um, I, I, you know, I'll be the first to admit, uh, I think everybody makes a decent truck nowadays. Um, you know, years past, maybe you could say that, you know, some were subpar, but uh, honestly, I think, you know, Dodge and Chevy make decent products, um, but the best work trucks, the heaviest duties trucks, the trucks that have the most research and development, the trucks that are the, the strongest, the toughest, the, the, the most tested trucks are Fords, period. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, Dodge doesn't make a decent truck. I'm not saying Chevy doesn't make a decent truck, but, you know, if you're going to go out and spend the money, uh, spend a little bit more, uh, in some cases and get yourself, you know, get yourself a Ford and we own a Dodge store. We own a Chevy store. Um, so like I said, I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying that, you know, you know, you go to the tool store and, you know, there's lots of different tools for sale. Um, the cheapest tool or the, uh, you know, the bottom of the line tool isn't always the best tool. Um, if you had to pick something wrong with the new super duties, is there anything? Because I I have the luxury. I'm very blessed to have one, thanks to you guys. Um, this motor to me is amazing. The the interior, the roominess, the dependability, the toughness, the togetherness. Like, is there anything that I know? I understand warranty and I understand service. We all get that. It's some things are going to happen. But is there any weak spot in the new Ford Suspen uh, suspension, transmission, anything? Sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. So no, no. I mean, to answer your question, there's if you know if I could improve on some stuff, it'd be fuel economy. 
Um, you know, I'd like to get 30 miles a gallon truck um, and price. You know, I'd like to see trucks that are cheaper. So that being said, if we got rid of the stupid particulate filter in these things, the, the DEF system, uh, we probably save, you know, 700 pounds, uh, increase fuel economy and uh, lower the cost by, I want to say a couple thousand bucks last time I, last time I heard um, that system cost. So, I mean, that, that's probably, and, and that's not a weak spot on, on, on super duty necessarily. Um, it's just, um, you know, that's, that's, that's on all diesels now. Um, no, I mean, you know, we've got a 10 speed transmission. That's awesome. Um, um, you know, 1,050 foot pounds of torque. I mean, it's like a semi. Um, hey, before you move on real quick, explain to the audience, Francis, what diesel exhaust fluid is, the DEF system. When did it come into effect in our country? And is it just a way for the government to make money? Because I haven't figured out what it's doing for our environment, um, if it is. And what is what was it implemented for? Um, so DEF systems came out, um, I believe it was 2010. Uh, trying to think back here, it was 2010 or 2008? I think it was 2010. Uh, they were implemented in diesel, um, you know, light duty diesel pickups. And basically it's a, it's, it sprays a, um, it's urea, uh, which is this, uh, a fluid that gets sprayed into the exhaust system and it bonds with the, um, with the particulates in your exhaust system and then you have a filtration system, a diesel particulate filter on your exhaust system. This is big muffler looking, you know, uh, apparatus. And it traps the particulates. And then periodically the engine goes through regen mode and it's, it dumps raw fuel into the exhaust system and heats up and burns the particulates out. I mean, the concept is that it's supposed to be cleaner for the environment, um, but I'd sure like to see the math on that because the way it works is it decreases your fuel economy. So you're using more fuel um, to burn cleaner exhaust. So I, 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 I'm really torn on, I, I, like I said, I'd like to see the math on that. I'm sure somebody's, I haven't, since it's come out, I haven't seen the study that shows that uh, it outweighs the um, amount of fuel, the extra amount of fuel that's being used. So, um, and as far as uh, environmentally friendly, um, they're starting to come out and say that uh, the urea, um, you know, after it's burned out, is is, is they're finding that it's um, maybe hazardous to your health. Uh, so that it may go away in the, in the coming years, but it's all about, um, um, you know, being environmentally friendly. And that's the, uh, um, you know, that was the, that was the, um, the reason why they implemented diesel exhaust fluid and urea into the exhaust systems, but it's this huge system. I mean, and it's just came out in, um, in 2010, I mean, um, you know, all the sensors that are in the exhaust system to detect this stuff, um, you know, nothing but problems, not just with Ford, but Dodge, uh, Chevy. I mean, everybody had issues with, you know, buying a new truck and they stopped running. They didn't run right. And they were always regening. In fact, I had a customer in the other day that, you know, had a, an older truck and she'd had some work done to it. And, and it kept going into regen mode. And, and 
you know, uh, it was, it was an issue. So I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I don't believe in it. I, I think it's probably going to go away. And uh, then we're going to come out and say, it's, you know, killing all the wildlife around the freeways or something, you know, it's it just, it's, you know, I can't believe that we're dumping this, this chemical into our exhaust system and burning it. And it's supposedly cleaner, but I'm, not an expert. But there are talks going on that it could go away in future truck models. Yes. Yes. There's been discussion about it and, you know, rumors that it's going away and um, hopefully it does. Cause like I said, you know, you'd save all that weight, uh, weight is fuel economy and then cost. I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge expense, you know? Right. When you keep, do you remember where you left off? You're talking about your torque and your towing ability and your horsepower and everything. When you were going down your list, you were trying to find something wrong with the Ford trucks. Can you think of anything else? And um, after you're done with that, I want to ask you a question about torque and horsepower and pulling and, uh, you know, the economy of that part of the truck. Um, yeah, I really can't think of anything <laughs> They're so I, badass. They're they are a I, badass truck. They they really are. I they're mean, like, I, and they're like driving you know, a Cadillac. They're so smooth. We like to say Lincoln. Chad. Lincoln. Lincoln. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, you're right. I mean, they, they you know they ride great. Uh, they pull great. Uh, the interior, the back seat on the new trucks. You know, it's huge. Um, the 22 Super Duties are going to get the uh, refreshed dash with a larger screen that everybody likes. Looks like it has a big 12-inch iPod on it. Um, and, I mean, you know, some of the trucks have got massaging seats. And, um, you know, I mean, it's it just, I, I I can't think of anything that they could, well, let me, let me say, I can't think of anything they could do better, but every year they come out with something that's a little nicer, a little quieter, a little smoother, a um, little more power. So, you know, maybe the new Super D will be electric and, you know, be quiet and it, it already is pretty quiet though for a diesel no it is it's it's it's, it's the quietest ford of all time no absolutely when you start talking about power you being in the business for 20 years and seeing the ins and outs of these big super duty trucks would you personally get a ford diesel super duty truck chipped what is a chip what does it accomplish are there risks to a chip and does the new Ford with the six seven liter diesel need a chip? Okay, so let me ask, answer your last question first, which is no, it doesn't need it. Uh, but you know, um, if you, um, I, I have customers that have um, installed aftermarket uh, performance chips to increase fuel economy. Um, you know which. I think it's fine as long as it's not doing anything that's you know damaging to the car, which in most cases they aren't. Um, but um, you know, you start adding a bunch of horsepower and torque to that truck. I mean, do you really need it? I mean, what's what, what are you going to do with more? You know, four hundred seventy-five horsepower and a thousand fifty foot-pounds of torque. I mean, you know, that's just that's stupid amounts of power. I mean, it, they tow you know stock dually. Uh, crew cab diesel one ton tows what is it 34.7 or 34.2 um you know in a, in a gooseneck application i mean you know that's that's stupid amounts of weight so um 
you know, like a, a regular 250, I think they're rated anywhere from uh, 15 to 20,000 pounds, depending on the configuration. Um, you know, that's more than most people need. Um, you know, I always tell people, hey, you know, if, if you're going over some steep pass in the Rockies towing your trailer, um, you know, it's okay to be doing 60 in the slow lane. You know, just because the truck will do 90 doesn't mean you need to. <laughs> um, you know, and, um, you know, like on the older trucks, this uh, six liters and six fours, you know, these guys would chip them and they get all this horsepower and torque out of them and, and they put that 10, 15,000 pound trailer on it and, you know, race up these hills 75, 80 miles an hour because they could, but the things were overheating and, you know, that motor ran hot anyway and then they'd have some real issues with it. So, I, you know, honestly, I, I don't come across uh, on those motors, the six fours and the six liters, six liters more than the six fours. But the, um, a lot of those people ran chips and got better fuel economy, a little more power. But um, in the new truck, I, I don't see very many people chipping them. I mean, I just really not. Again, 10 speed, 1,050 foot pounds of torque. I mean, what, what do you need? To, uh, what do you need fuel for? Economy. Yeah. I mean, what else What else do you need? So how big, how, what are the. I want to make sure I don't get too far ahead of myself with the chips and the the risks. There are some risks in it, but I want to ask a fuel question, but I had something else about the chip that I had on the tip of my tongue about the overheating and the, the performance that they're getting. I, I just have never seen the reasoning behind it, but I had a thought and I'd skip in my mind. I might come back to it. What are the options in fuel tank size on the Super Duties? How you know we're talking short bed, long bed. I know there's different tanks. I think mine's a thirty. Mm, I think yours is. I think yours is more. I think yours is thirty four. Thirty four. I, I, I believe that's quite so. a bit. Of, that's quite a bit of I, fuel. I, I, you know, I'm I'm not one of the sales guys anymore, Chad. So you're you're putting me on the spot. But I think the new trucks have a, a thirty or forty eight gallon tank come standard in a crew cab long bed, um, and that's a that's a pretty that's the biggest tank that, you know, stock tank that I've ever seen in a, in a, in a, in a pickup. So a lot of guys go out and get an aftermarket fuel tank, um, in their trucks, you know, towing and hauling, um, you know, 48 gallon and a crew cab long bed. That's, 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 that's pretty awesome. Um, but, uh, I want, I want to say it's, there's, I believe it's 34 and don't quote me. It might be 36, but I think it's, it's 34, 36 gallon, and a crew cab short bed. It's still quite a bit of fuel in a truck. You put an aftermarket tank on there. Yeah, I've had a 50-gallon tank where I took out the the factory one and put a 50 in there. But, I mean, I remember there was some, like, were 20, 21 gallons back in the day. Am I right? Or is that wrong? Uh, yeah, the older trucks did have the I – I don't know if 21, but it might have been way back. But, um, yeah, increased increase size has definitely been the uh, – um, the norm. I mean, each year it seems uh, not each year, but you know, they've, they've increased a few times over the last 10 years or so, you know, people, you know, people traveling and hauling. I mean, you know, it's nice to be able to go, you know, 500 miles and not have to stop. Does so. this new motor, does it check all the boxes of the seven, three and beyond, or will the seven, three go down as the best power stroke for diesel motor there ever was? Uh, no, uh, 7.3 will not go down as the best motor ever made. Uh, the 7.3, great motor. Um, I, I give him, I, my brother has one and I always give him a hard time. 
uh, he, he loves that motor, loves that truck, but, and the motor is great, but you know, you're talking, um, what was it? It was 525 foot torque and, uh, I think 325 horsepower or 275 horsepower, you know, uh, and it had, um, um, you know, the E4OD transmission in it, which was, um, you know, probably the weakest point on that truck. Uh, you know, the automatic transmission or the overdrive on those transmissions, uh, was a little weak. Uh, if you towed, uh, with that truck, uh, and didn't lock out your overdrive, you typically, um, you know, if you towed a lot, you, you burn up transmissions. And then the, the, the brakes on those trucks were, were weak, but just to speak for the engine, the engines on those were great engines. Um, they were low maintenance there and, you know, nothing runs forever without maintenance. If you maintain those engines, they, they lasted. Um, and it was a great motor. I mean, arguably one of the best motors, um, that Ford ever had in this truck. Uh, but, uh, the six, seven, I mean, you know, Rocky, Rocky had his truck in here the other day. I think he had 350,000 miles on that truck. Um, you know, I mean, and it looks good, runs good. It's got plenty of power. I mean, those, those engines, uh, those six sevens, um, if you maintain them and take care of them, I mean, they're awesome. So I'd much rather have one of the newer trucks and it's not just the engine, you know, like my brother's truck, great truck, great motor. Um, but you know, he's got the weak brakes. He's got the weak suspension. He just got the, you know, the rest of that truck is old and, and, and not as nice as the newer rigs. Um, so we're, we're, in a, finally, in our friendship of three years, we agree on something. Finally. I like, I like raw fish. You like California sushi with mayonnaise and fried shrimp. Um, <laughs> That's not I, I like the duck hunt. You love to hunt pheasants that are planted. I, <laughs> um, I've never had a midlife crisis. I think you have one with your new car. Let's tell the audience what you now pull up to the sushi restaurant to greet me in. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a Mustang, you know, and, you know, I, on the advice of my, my teenage son, um, um, he says, uh, what did he say? He said, uh, he says, dad, you're gonna be dead soon. You might as well buy the gel. <laughs> and, you know, I've always wanted one all my life. And, um, uh, so yes, I, I, uh, that was my midlife crisis car. A so, Shelby, uh, Shelby, uh, GT 350, uh, great car. Um, you know, I bought a, a used one, uh, came in and it was just, I stared at it for about a week and, um, you know, white with blue stripes, it's the right color. It's just, a. every time I get in, I push the button and I, it fires up that 5.2 liter coyote motor in it. It's uh, or the voodoo motor. It is, um, it puts a smile on your face. It's awesome. It's like a, it's like taking that new Benelli out of the box and shoulder Ooh, it. Ooh, nice uh, comparison. You know, so, you know, it is, it's just um it's pretty awesome so speaking of awesome let's talk about a couple different autos what is a raptor why would i want a raptor why does uncle rocky drive a raptor is it a midlife crisis truck is it a hot rod truck is it have too much power for the size of the thing and why is there a fascination and a phenomenon with the ford raptor hmm um, is that a lot of questions? Because that's how I, I just say yes to all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, Raptor is your, uh, is your, is your SVT built, um, 
Baja um, Baja Racer uh, F-150. So, you know, they developed that uh, that truck with um, uh, Fox uh, Fox Racing and um, uh, built special suspension on that truck. Uh, it's got quite a bit of travel. Um, they uh, off-road, they are amazing. So uh, I think, uh, you know, talking to Rocky after he got his, uh, you know, got a, you know, dirt road, washboard road, and, you know, in your truck or in my truck, you know, we would, you know, bounce down that road. And that Raptor, you could go over it at 60 miles an hour and it just hummed across all those washboards. I mean, it just, it's designed for that. Um, Is that because of the suspension? Correct. Um, it's, it's kind of designed after like maybe like a Baja 500 truck. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, it, it, it's got more travel and it's got special, you know, special, like I said, uh, special Fox uh, shocks on it that are, you know, uh, Ford developed with uh, Fox specifically for that car. Um, they've upgraded in this last year, or the year before last. They didn't make them this year. And then they're coming out with a new version, I think, for 22. Um, so we, we haven't seen much, many specs on it, but it's coming. Um, does anybody need one? Um, I don't know. Uh, does anybody need, uh, you know, a new Shelby? No, but well, okay. Know, okay. Let's put it this way. If you it could, makes you happy, you could buy an F-150 EcoBoost that's going to pull any of your camper trailers, maybe not a fifth wheel, but you got the torque, you got the, the pulling power in that. You got the Super Duty if you're going to be pulling big horse trailers or bigger enclosed trailers or, you know, you want the fuel economy, whatever you're looking for in a diesel truck. Where does the Raptor fit into the mentality and the buying of, is it like the GT Shelby we're talking about for the truck world? Is it for that guy that needs the hot rod but also needs the bed of a truck and and the ability yeah. to have a pickup truck? So it's, it's, it's a different tool. So... You know, if your job is to, you know, tow and haul and, um, you know, you spend a lot of time running from point A to point B, you know, that may not be the truck for you. Um, that truck is designed for off-road. Can you drive it on-road? Absolutely. Uh, but it doesn't tow as much as a regular half-ton uh, because of the suspension. Um, they cost more. Um, you know, it's, um, there's things about it that maybe aren't for everybody, you know, like on my, you know, I, I have an F-150 and it's a super cab or crew cab, uh, with a six and a half foot bed. You know, I, I like having the, the longer bed on my half ton. Um, you know, I tow a boat, um, travel trailer. And when I'm not, I like having the extra bed space in a Raptor, you get a five and a half foot bed, um, only. And, um, so you're kind of limited, but it's wider, you know, it has a wider stance than a normal F-150, uh, hence, you know, uh, off-road and, you know, out in the desert and, uh, in the woods, it's, it's a little more stable at speed on bumps and, and, um, you know, they're awesome. Maybe if you haven't had a chance to take, you should take Rockies out sometime and go moto it out in the, out in the. I, I worry about Uncle Rocky, though, Francis. I worry about him and his midlife crisis because I I just don't know if he needs that much power. I really don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he – I don't – I just keep waiting one day to to, to hear something about that Raptor uh, and Rocky. Ro Rocky, <laughs> Rocky. Rocky and the Raptor. It's a TV show. 
Uh, as long as he doesn't jump any rice jacks, he'll be fine. So, <laughs> um, Question. Talk to the audience, please, Mr. Francis, about the Bronco. The Bronco, when I was coming up as a kid, was what we wanted. Okay, I wanted a full-size Bronco. I wanted – there's so many different badass-looking Broncos through the years, okay, the 70s and mm -hmm. the 80s. Then you had the Bronco oh. 2. I wasn't a big fan of the Bronco 2, but now there's been this what we call a quote-unquote rebirth of the Bronco. Was it taken well by the market? Was it designed the right way by Ford? Was it premature to release it with the model they did? I'm playing devil's advocate. Is it everything that everybody would want and expect in the name, the Bronco Ford Bronco? Were you happy with it personally? Did they sell good? Pretty much in a nutshell, tell me about the last year and a half with the Bronco. All right. So the Ford announced Bronco a year or so ago, you know, officially. And um, they came out, uh, they started taking orders for the big Bronco, uh, the full-size Bronco, which is built on a Ranger platform, um, in July. Uh, the baby Bronco, uh, which is built on an escape platform, uh, has been out for a while, and we've been selling them. As soon as they come in, they sell. People love them. Uh, it's still got some off-road capability, but it's a unibody construction um, built on a uh, you know crossover uh, platform. The full-size Bronco, um, you know, the one that's built on the Ranger platform, is uh, not out yet. Uh, production's supposed to start in July. Uh, it was supposed to start in June, uh, but with the chip shortage, everything's been pushed back about a month and a half. And it's really unfortunate, you know, Bronco was supposed to be out early this year. You know, it was supposed to, you know, they took orders last July. Um, you know, we were supposed to start production um, late last year, and these were supposed to be hitting the market early this early this year. And with COVID and the shutdowns, um, supplier shutdowns, that, that was the main thing. I mean, Ford was, Ford was ready to build them, but the suppliers that make all the parts, um, some of them were just shut down uh, due to COVID. So, you know, if you, if you can't get that, you know, door switch, uh, you can't produce the car. So, um, so that was, you know, that's been pushing the production date back and back and back. And then all of a sudden we have this chip shortage. Um, so it's pushed back again. So, um, you know, everything we've, uh, read on it, everybody we've talked to, um, has nothing but good things to say about it. Um, it, I think it looks amazing. Uh, they're really going after their Wrangler market, which, you know, Wrangler, Jeep basically dominates that that specialty off road rig uh, market, um, but they haven't had any real competition. So um, Bronco uh, Bronco is definitely going to put a dent in their sales. Um, you know, if, if they produce a vehicle that looks good, drives good, and does well off road, um, you know that's going to be a, a big deal. Wrangler has been a great rig. Um, you know, a cult following, um, guys go out and they buy a $50,000 Wrangler and Wrangler and sink another 30 grand into parts and accessories or the thing and take it out on the Rubicon. And, you know, I mean, they're awesome, but you know, let's face it, those doors are held on with straps and, you know, Jeep hasn't really had to do much on that rig over the last 30 years. Um, you know, there's no competition. 
Yeah, yeah. They've, they've done some stuff. I mean, they're, they're a little nicer than they used to be, but if you look at it, it's still pretty basic. Uh, so, you know, the Broncos supposed to um, be more car-like and, you know, like the Super Duty, nice, um, and still have that off-road capability. So you're getting them with, um, you know, front-locking differentials and, um, you know, it's, it's you know, 35-inch tires um, from the factory and, um, you know, it's um, electronic disconnects on the front sway bar. Um, you know, there's there's some there's some cool stuff coming out in that rig. So, um, you know, I, I think they're going to be great. Um, can't wait to can't wait to see them. Uh, we took orders for about about a hundred of them. Um, I think we got allocated forty seven or so for the for the twenty one model year, and so we've gone through about three weeks of of um, uh, scheduling on them, um, where they actually pick our orders and commit to building them. So we're, we're slowly creeping along. Um, but between COVID and this, uh, um, chip shortage, it hasn't been, uh, it hasn't been fast coming, unfortunately. So can't wait to see them. Um, you know, wait a minute. I want to make sure that I have clear, uh, clarity on this. The forecast right now is that the, the mini Bronco was released the at uh, the sport and now you're saying for this year you've allocate you've been allocated the the bronco the, the full-size bronco is going to start production in july of 2021 of 2021 and okay. and, and what mo yes. what what motors can it come in this equipped 2.7 liter 2.7 liter okay so it's got a little over 300 horsepower um you know it's 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 going to be pretty awesome um, that's the same motor that we got in the Ranger and it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a power plant. And I drove, uh, thanks to you. I got to drive the sport. You talk about fun to drive. You would admit, or you would agree, right, Francis, that these are fun to drive, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the sport's got a, you know, quite a smaller motor in it. Um, you know, it's light, but, um, you know, 2.7 liter in that Bronco is going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be snappy. So, um, I want to know about a truck that I think is my favorite all around hunting, hunting camp Ford truck ever, not just hunting camp, but I'm talking the baddest ass truck that I, and my brother has one, the excursion with the seven three in it back in the day, he's got one and I, I beg him to sell it to me. If he sells it to somebody else, I will not ever be his brother again. Right. That's the kind of attitude I have towards <laughs> these trucks. It's gotta be one of the most sought after rigs by guys that do what we do. I, I love them. Where did they go? Is there any talks of that truck coming back? It had to have put a dent in suburban sales, the GM suburban for years, but where did it go and why was it such a badass rig? Well, it was badass because it had a 7.3 liter diesel in it and it was the biggest, you know, SUV on the planet. So, you know, those are some pretty big uh, claims to fame. Um, you know, I don't think uh, you're going to see another vehicle like that produced um, by a manufacturer. Uh, the, the trend is smaller, lighter, not bigger, heavier. Um, you know, there's some companies out there that are taking, you know, super duty pickups and, and converting them into, you know, excursion 
type rigs for exorbitant amounts of money. Um, but, um, you know, those seven, three, um, excursions were awesome. We had one, um, you know, back when I, you know, our kids were, were small and, you know, we hauling around three kids plus their friends, plus all your stuff and, you know, plenty of room. And, um, my wife's five foot two, but yeah, when I brought that car home, she was very skeptical. And then after she drove her for a while, she was, she was like, I, I like being the biggest car on the road. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's empowering. Um, so, you know, it's, um, I love, uh, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold your breath to see one coming out, but, uh, a new one coming out, but the expedition, uh, extended length is, is similar size. You just don't get it in a diesel and it's not a three quarter time. It's not even close. No, no, no. And, and, you know, the beauty of the, the excursion is you could tow 10,000 pounds, put eight people in it and all your gear and go wherever you wanted to go. Um, and, you know, talk about chips. Um, I know some, some friends who had those and, you know, going to Wyoming or something, snowmobiling, you know, hooking up a trailer with four snowmobiles, all their gear, all their, you know, family in there and, and hauling ass cross country and the thing, and they get 20 plus miles a gallon. You know, I mean, that's, um, it's pretty awesome. Were there any issues with it? Like, why did it get quit? I mean, maybe you've already answered this, and but it wasn't in layman's terms enough for me. Why did they stop? Uh, again, it couldn't it, be because of sales. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, it was, it was, it kind of run its course. Um, you know, the trend was smaller and lighter. Um, so it just, um, it went, went, went by the way of the dinosaur, you know, just uh, a little long in the tooth. There's no way there's just there. I just, I mean, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just like that did not run its course. It was like, how many years did they make it? Um, let's see. When did they come out with that? They came out with that in uh, 2000. Uh, and it ran through uh, uh, 2005 or six. Um, and the seven threes were 2000, 2001, 2003. Um, yeah, I mean, they were great. And, and they're still great. You know, you see them every once in a while. Um, you don't see them with low miles and then a seven three very often. And if you do, they're they're tons of money. Well, that's a great question uh, right there. Would you buy a used gas motor in the excursion right now, depending on mileage, or is would it that not be a smart move? And well, in California, gas is over four bucks a gallon, <laughs> and so the V ten in that uh, is not the most economical rig. Uh, but but you were know. they dependable? Were they dependable? Was that oh, V ten yeah. dependable? No, the V ten was great. Yeah, that was very dependable. Uh, just you know, didn't got low teens, you know, low mid teens for mileage. Um, you know, if you drive a lot, that's not, not, not ideal. So let's get down to the nuts and bolts of what we're talking about today. Francis hopping. Let's get down to a game show that I've started. I'm the host of it. You're the contestant and you're going to win. If you play your cards, right. This is called the build out of Chad building's new truck. You have a computer in front of you. You have a keyboard mm -hmm. at your phalanges there, your fingers. That's right. You're going to type into that system, you and I's perfect truck for Chad building. Like what okay. does Francis want Chad driving? 
I know that it's not going to be available right away, but we're patient. We're smart. We're ingenuity. We we have a lot of creativity between the two of us. We're unorthodox thinkers, Francis. Actually, actually, we just got it in. I'm telling you, I'm I'm staring at it. It's on the showroom. It's a beautiful, beautiful blue super cap Ford Ranger, uh, two wheel drive. And um, it's perfect. That's you would want me driving that. Are you serious? I'd like to see you driving it for a week or so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can, when can I come pick it up? I'll, can I, if I do that, can I trade it in on a good super duty? No, you know, super duty, we, we talked about super duty uh, orders and uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a while. Um, I mean, to, to get back, what's happening right now is we're selling everything that's uh, uh, we're selling everything that's incoming um for the next couple months and uh and um it's going to be um it's going to be you know probably a year before we're back to any kind of normal stock um i'm worried about the the end of this year you know we're, when, when things really ramp up for truck sales and tax season um, we're definitely going to be short. We're normally, you know, that's the time of the year, you know, November, December, where we're stocked up the most. Um, we go into the end of the year with just gobs of inventory. Um, and this year we're going to be struggling just to have anything on the ground. And then next year we're going to be playing catch up most of the year. So it's, um, it's going to be strange. Um, what so, does, what does this have to do with this game show? Oh, the game show! <laughs> You're really worrying um, me. You're really. Are the, we? Making- the truck is right. Is, 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 <laughs> the truck is, is right. Is, the truck is right. The price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Barker. Uh, oh yeah, no, that was great. Um, so um, for you, um, you know, you still want a short bed, right? You don't want that forty-eight gallon tank and a long bed. I don't know. What do you think I should have? Well, I mean, when I got in this truck, when I got in this truck, I said I will never own a long bed again. I mean, these things are just—you could turn on a dime. You could park anywhere you want. You do lose some storage. Should I go back to a long bed? In your professional opinion, Francis? Well, you know, the turn on a dime part is really what you're giving up. I mean, the turning radius. So, you know, if you're out there and you know out there in some rice jack and you turn around or something and you do that a lot or you put yourself in positions where you need to, or that's important, you know, that's, that's where the short bed's kind of, you know, kind of nice. Um, but as many miles as you drive, um, the longer bed's going to ride a little smoother. Um, and God knows you take a lot of shit with you. So, you know, you know, the extra space, the bed might, might be, might be good. Does, does, uh, um, uh, what is it? Dex, Dex, decked, decked. Oh uh, yeah, they make they, they make a long bed version of that, right? And so does Lear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so. know, I I don't appreciate how you and Paul make fun of my accessories. Okay, <laughs> I have a really good looking. <laughs> I wanted to do it on air, but <laughs> I know your I know your viewers have seen your truck, and uh, you know I I hope they comment uh, on the podcast. And, uh, and, but in their two, I mean, it's a beautiful truck, Chad. I, I'm not going to, I will, I'll give it credit, but you know, um, 
you know, I'm sure there's an accessory store near you that is completely out of Super Duty accessories. Uh, <laughs> after you drive to town, that is so. You make me sound like one of those Jeep Wrangler guys. <laughs> That's so, I well, drive across a lot of deer-ridden highways, and the last thing you want to do is hit a a 200-pound whitetail with no grill guard. No brush guard. I mean, what is so wrong with that? Haven't you ever been to Texas? It's the fender flares and the. I don't the, have fender flares. I don't have fender. Little, I don't have fender flares. Little, I do not little, have fender flares. Uh, the 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 uh, the little naked lady on the on the. I don't um, have those. I don't have that. I don't. I don't look like a Smokey the Bandit. We the got a long way to go, and a short time to get there. I don't have any of that stuff going on, dude. Oh shit. No, it just looked that way. I'm sorry. Um, no. Hey, uh, for as much driving as you do, absolutely. Go guards is the way to go. Um, you know, it saves your front end. I'm sure you've, how many deer you hit last year? Um, well, last year was COVID, but the year before I hit two going for a couple weeks, right? No, it was like in a couple minutes. Yeah. It, it was a stormy day, and I'm not going to say where I was, but I even went as far as calling the DNR and saying, hey, this just happened. Here's the here's the pins. We're dropping you pins of where they're at. One of them's still alive, but you never know. You never want to get out, even though I want to get out and end it in misery. I asked them, hey, can, I, can we eat the meat out of these? We don't want the heads. They were both bucks. I don't want the heads. I don't care. And one of them was a dandy. I'm talking like a 155, 160. And... Um, it was a real cold day and they were down in the thickets and the, di- and I don't know if it was like the vibration of the gravel road was making them pop up and just run out. But it was like very last second, just out of the ditch and right into the truck. And I was like, dang it, man. And, uh, and I wasn't like going 70, I was going 35, 40 and just and whacking. But the year before that, North Dakota, I hit two and two nights on the freeway, you know, going 75. So, um, yeah, you got to have them. You got to have them. There's, there's, it's amazing how many deer get hit. We're, me and you aren't accustomed to that because you see some out here. But when you start getting into states that are overran with like Wisconsin or New York or st- Alabama, states that are, have a ton of deer, there's a lot of deer hit. A yeah. lot of deer. Um, where do we go from here? Um, I, can't, I, I can't get a new truck then. We've come to that conclusion. No, um, you got to keep driving yours for a while. I can get sushi if I come down there this week. Uh, not in courting, but if we, we can't go to Not in courting, but we are going to go to Japanese Blossoms. Uh, uh, we could do, we could definitely do that. One of the sushi places in Chico burned down. They had a fire in their kitchen. They're closing down. Which one? Uh, I, it was, uh, I think it was Ichiban. Um, it wasn't the Rice Bowl, I hope. The Rice Bowl's my jam, boy. That's your place. The Rice Bowl? That's our buddy Brad's place. He loves that joint. Oh, that is Brad's place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't eaten there in a very long time. Um, uh, so I can't comment on their food. But, uh, um, you know, it's always, you know, you know, I like to eat. So um, I'm as, as long as you're buying, I'm there. I don't think I should have to buy. That's what really is throwing me off in all of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that just makes me I think, lose my I don't appetite. think we should. I, I think Rocky should buy, and um, you know we should just, you know, we should just show up. But last question of the podcast, and I'm gonna let you go because I know you're slammed selling trucks you don't have, which is sad. I hate it for you guys. Does would you say yes or no if I asked you? Does Paul like me? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
God. No, he doesn't oh, like your, you. Your audio cut out. What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> Does he like me, you think, Francis? Uh, you know, uh, he loves you, Chad. Thank uh, you. He really does. Um, Is he there that you could like bring him in for a guest appearance? <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> I'm on a uh, podcast with Paul. He was someday. here. He'd say, Chad, uh, uh, stop being so insecure. Uh, we, we love you. <laughs> um, I, I miss you guys. I haven't seen you in a while. I don't think I've seen you at least. Have I seen you since the end of duck season? Did I see you during turkey um, season? No, I think the last time was the last time we were out with the guys from Jack Daniels. Um, Man, it's I, been a minute. We got to get you dinner, right? I think I paid that night. I paid for it in one. You did aspect. not. I paid for it in one aspect <laughs> or the other. <laughs> All right. Well, yep. let's get let's get together right. soon. I'm gonna have a swimming pool party soon. You and your wife come up here, and we'll have a have a uh, a bottled water and hang out at the pool. Sounds good. Sounds good. I got to invite you because you come to my hometown all the time. You don't even let that's a sign of a good friendship when you come in and you don't even let the guy know you're in his town. Hey, the last time I was in Reno, uh, it was for your party. So I know one time I'm going to be watching the news and it's going to be new Mega Bucks winner announced at the El Dorado Casino downtown Reno. <laughs> and it's going to be you standing there with one of those big happy Gilmore checks. <laughs> Me and Anthony, we're going to be like, where's Chad? <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like, no, Anthony, I don't want that little check. I want one of the big checks, please. I want the big check. All right, that's Francis Hoppin, Corning Ford, the Foul Life Podcast. Today's episode, again, was brought to you by our friends at Gerber Gear, Stay Sharp America, and at our friends and family at Corning Ford. Shop them. I don't care where you're at. They'll deliver. I know. That I got friends in Minnesota, Nevada, Idaho, Tennessee. Tennessee. So many of our friends have bought trucks. That's why Corning Ford is on the map now. The partnership with the Foul Life has been so beneficial both ways. Thank you for admitting it on the podcast today. Francis, I have proof, video and audio proof. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Thank you to our partners and sponsors. And thank you for supporting those partners and sponsors. Thank you for the downloads, all the listens all of the subscriptions. Tell your friends, tell your family about the Foul Life Podcast and our sister podcast, This Life Ain't For Everybody and Where the Payment Ends. Brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life begin July 2nd, 2021, exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. Heck of a story we got going on this season. California Waterfowl Association, we do a deep dive into what they are doing when it comes to advocacy and conservation and kids and youth and women in the next generation and how they give back every day to the ducks and geese and so many other other populations of wildlife. Thank you, CWA. Thank you, Corning Ford. Thank you, Rocky Merlot. Thank you, Brad Forsythe. Thank you to our entire California family. Tom, Jake, hit that button. This is 2AM Logic. The song is called My Foul Life. My